0: Did you know Ecoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24/7 music stream at ecoplexmedia.com/live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial-free. Well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on ecoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day ecoplex is very supportive of our local music scene and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network if you like who you hear please go check them out the names of the artists are displayed on the player at ecoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz
1: at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds
2: Down ballot. We do this show live every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. twitchtv EchoPlex Media. Support this project. Just head on over to EchoPlexMedia.com and click the support tab. There are plenty of ways you can do that, or uh, just tell a friend or maybe even somebody you don't like about this show. I'm producer Dave, and uh, you can find me on your grinder grid, but um, take a number. <laughs>
1: And this is The Councilman. As always, you can find me on X at T-H-E underscore Councilman. Um, if it's still there, I'll check in a minute. Um, you could also find me recording an alternate podcast. I'm doing a rewatch Bluey podcast. So if any dads are out there interested in a little crossover action, I might might interweave some politics into it because you know, it's a p- very political show, that Bluey. But uh, anyway, excited to be here and looking forward to jumping into the docket as always. Producer Dave, it's great to see you. Was that a joke, or are you really doing a rewatch podcast with somebody? I'm. I'm not. That was a joke. I, I. have thought about it though. Um, if any parents are out there, or people out there who do watch television or stream television, the latest binge in our house is Bluey. Uh, it's an Australian public access show that has been brought over to America. Um, it's excellent, fantastic for parents and kids alike. Um, there are some. Uh, there's some missing. Uh, bits in terms of. Um. Uh you know, inclusion, I think a little bit, but they're working on it, um, but it's a great show. I invite everyone to check it out. Seven minute episodes, how can you beat that? I've thought about doing a Burn Notice re rewatch podcast, but that would just annoy people,
2: I think, honestly. <laughs> More so than the original show? Oh, that's a good question.
1: <laughs> there would be less be explosions be on our podcast, that's for sure. We could do psych, I don't know. I'm inspired because my wife is, uh, the good wife is, is uh, Big fan of Boy Meets World, the old Ben Savage show from the late '90s, um, and there is a very popular rewatch podcast of it on, out right now. We are are currently binging, um, and it's actually taken me a little bit, bit bit by a surprise too. I've been I find myself wanting to listen to it. So, is that the one I'm getting a lot of
2: ads for, where it's members of the cast?
1: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to necessarily shout out the name, but yeah, it's it's three members of the cast, not named Ben Savage. Uh, ben Savage, who apparently is running for Congress, we we'll probably get into this at some point on Down ballot, running for Congress in Southern California for Adam Schiff's seat. Adam Schiff, who is running for U.S. Senate, right? Um, and he's running against a bevy of other, you know, Democrats. He is ostensibly, I think, a Democrat on the dotted line, but very apparently very conservative views. He ran for City Council in West Hollywood, um, although it doesn't take much to be considered conservative in West Hollywood to be fair. Yeah, that that's true but that being said apparently he is a little bit right of center so um might might be interesting we'll, we'll track that and see if there's any good video we can bring you maybe we can do a socal visit for a down ballot because as we always say all politics is local
2: yep well what do we got for leading off
1: well we have a sad um leading off this could be another thing but i figure we'll just lead off with it um and it's not necessarily on D, other than um it does relate to the south bay and something uh, iconic that happened this week uh So I I guess I had not been aware, um, but Steve Harwell, the lead singer of uh, Smash Mouth, uh, one of the biggest bands to really ever emerge from San Jose's music scene, for what it's worth, uh, was very ill, um, apparently with liver uh, failure. And just recently, uh, it was announced that he was in hospice, and then literally like 24 hours later, he had passed away. So we're going to hear a little bit of an obit here and just give him a, a shout out as a. A friend of San Jose and the music scene. We
3: do have some sad breaking news from the rock world this morning. A family spokesperson for former Smash Mouth frontman Steve Harwell says he passed away this morning at his home in Idaho. Just this weekend, news broke that he was in hospice care. Harwell struggled with health problems over the last decade and was forced to step away from the band in 2021. Harwell was born in Santa Clara and co founded Smash Mouth in San Jose in 1994. He was only 56 years old.
1: That's young. Yes. Did you ever happen to come across Smash Mouth or Steve Harwell in your travels and within the music scene here? Maybe in the same circles, but.
2: No. I mean, Uh, like, everybody knows, like, the one song, that all-star song. But other than that, like, no. Like, that wasn't wasn't really kind of my music scene either. I understand, like, it was on the radio constantly and, you know. I mean, I yeah. heard it like more than I wanted to, but
1: you know, yeah. my band uh, was lucky enough to record in uh, their uh, Smash Mouth studio, I guess, um, which was happened to me in Campbell, uh, actually, on Bascom. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Winchester. Uh, so we recorded there uh, once uh, for one stint, or one, one of our albums, or half of one of our albums. Um, it was good time. It was great space. Had, there was no one there from the band. Obviously, it was just there their studio that they paid for so we're pay- probably paying them rent um so that's the closest we ever got to the smash mouth uh aura or mystique um but yeah it's uh it's tragic hopefully you know i don't know uh, they say liver failure and that would lend you to believe that he partied a little too hard um, in his life of fame and uh and touring and whatnot it can get pretty grinding uh so take care of yourselves out there just a friendly reminder um you know no matter who you are whether you're in a band or not. You know, it's good to, good to stick around. It's good to, you know, see what comes next.
2: Well, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for not putting that in winners and losers, because that would have been kind of inappropriate.
1: Yeah, no, definitely no no losers or winners really there. Um, but, oh uh, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Steve. And uh, to all your friends and family and everyone in the music scene who knew him, uh, our condolences. Uh a local got, love, shout out. What do we got in winners and losers? well so many things um so there is an update in this story but let's we'll run it um so there, uh, apparently there are some vandals at play in the east bay at an uh, iconic east bay spot a hiking spot and we're going to find out more about what happened from nbc bay area
4: Well, an iconic piece of functional artwork that draws thousands of people to an East Bay hiking trail summit weekly has been vandalized. It is leaving Labor Day hikers with a lot of questions about who did it and whether it will be repaired. NBC Bay Area's Tom Jensen has more on the damage to the Mission Peaker pole at the top of Mission Peak.
5: After a three-mile hike to the top of Mission Peak, this group of friends counts their blessings for a nice day and friendship along the full-day journey.
6: It's good for us. It was really fun.
5: But they're disappointed after reaching the summit and finding the iconic Mission Peaker pole gone. Just a stub at the base is left.
6: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we want to.
7: Yeah.
5: And then it was broken off yeah so
7: it's got four faces a and
5: fremont like marathoner it. and ultra runner who has been visiting the peak since she was in fourth grade and sharing images of everything from curry parties to christmas parties on the peak also uses the summit trail 2500 feet above sea level to train
7: so i run every day uh, I'm on my 11th year running every day.
5: So when she heard the mission Peaker pole was vandalized, she had to run to the top to see for herself.
7: And as I keep climbing, I'm like, okay, there's no stick. And you get up there and it's like, sure enough, it's what I saw.
5: The main part of the sculpture that contained a time capsule and peaking tubes that directed onlookers to other Bay Area landmarks and cities is completely gone, hacked off at the base.
7: i reported it to dispatch yesterday um, that I volunteer for the park as well. Um, and I just sent pictures around no one's really said anything just yet so I, I assume it's just because it's the a, a holiday weekend.
5: A dispatcher with East Bay Parks confirmed the vandalism was reported and is being investigated. Lee says she hopes the sculpture that was erected by artist and park ranger Leonard Page in 1990 will be repaired with the original piece or a replica if the original isn't recovered.
7: It's such an iconic symbol in I guess in the bay. <laughs> um I've had friends visit from other countries and I'll take them.
5: From Mission Peak, Tom Jensen, NBC Bay Area News.
2: Like what it like I don't know, like you can see stealing money and shit, right? Cuz you can use money, yeah. but like what what it that's just like a dick move. Like there's no completely. There's no aftermarket yeah, I, I, for that thing. Like what you know what I'm saying like
1: yeah, that's true vandalism, right? Like, you know, there's things that are called vandalism, but aren't necessarily right. But they're called that because you know someone decided that they were going to prosecute um, these crimes and make examples, right? Make examples of people. Uh, I don't know who, you know, what examples being set here with, uh, or what could be set, but uh, this is this is definitely vandalism, right? When there's just no real intent other than to just be dicks. <laughs> Or dick, you know, dick move. They should just call it dick move instead of vandalism. You are charged with one count of dick move. Um. Anyway, but I, I'm not familiar with Mission. I mean, I haven't been up Mission Peak. Have you? Have you climbed to Mission Peak before? Yeah, I grew up here in Fremont, so. Oh well, there you go then. That that makes sense. But yeah, I, I uh, my I believe the good wife uh grew up near nearby as well too. She's familiar with it. I am not as familiar with this icon, but she was she was offended herself when we were watching this this story the other night. So. Um, the good news is I've, I've heard, um, through the grapevine, we'll, maybe we'll have a follow-up story on down ballot next week, but, uh, and maybe drop something into, into the Twitter space. So, or the X space, watch out for my feed. Um, but yeah, I've heard that, uh, apparently they have recovered at least a portion of the, the poll. Um, and, uh, uh it will be reinstated, reinstalled, re- replenished, um, very soon. So hopefully a good end to the story, but for now it's, it's stuck in the, the loser category because these, these fuckers are losers. <laughs> uh yeah yeah
2: um i don't necessarily recall the, like that thing being there i mean it's not that it, it probably wasn't one of the times i went up there i just don't remember it being like a reason to climb really for me but maybe right. other people like i don't know i don't remember what year they said it was installed i think they said 1990 if that's right yeah
1: so yeah. all i know is that, that- that young lady who works for the park apparently well, uh, park system as well, too. Um, maybe on, maybe on a pro bono basis, I don't know. Um, but she seemed to be very excited about it and was, was missing it. Um, and so were the other, the
2: other they must actors. have, but they, they must have st- had like,
1: uh, some kind of battery
2: powered saw and a lot of like extra batteries to like take that thing.
1: Yeah. It looks, it's cut off at the base, right? Um, this isn't a simple situation where there was some a, a screw that could be loosened, right? Um, so. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure there was some damage to the thing itself. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, the thing has no value on, on the market, right? As far as dollars and cents go. It's it's really just, it's sentimental value. But beyond that kind of like, you know, individual sentimentality, like a wedding ring or something, this is like a community heirloom, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, boo on them. This this would equate to me to be like someone going along, you've been to Paris before? I don't know if you've been, uh, um, or, or you're- Not but, as an um, adult. Um, but um, along uh, bridges, or at least a couple bridges in Paris. I don't know if this is a thing in Europe, but um, lovers will leave locks, like at literal locks, right? Um, locked to the uh, the grill or the rail of the bridge, right, to signify their love. Um, this would be equivalent to someone just going along and plucking all those off, <laughs> right, <laughs> and just taking, just taking them. Right. Like there's no point to that at all. <laughs>
2: no but, longer useful
1: uh, as a lock. Correct.
2: Um, not really. Course. Not
1: really an interesting souvenir. Um, <laughs> exactly. And they're all dolled up too. Like they they paint them. It's really it's it's quite striking when you see a bridge like covered with them. You're like, oh that's so sweet. Um I wish I had someone I could I could put a lock there for. Um anyway. But yeah, so uh assholes return the damn pole. Thank you. That's that's our PSA. <laughs> so in a bit of um in a bit of crossover with our uh, show How the
2: Tech Are You, our next story is about uh tech billionaires want to build a new city uh up in Solano County. We've been uh covering this for the last two weeks actually
1: on uh the show that me and uh, Matt and HK do. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, this is suburban or exurban planning to the max.
2: Yeah, uh, and and the uh the artwork, we were discussing how the artwork looks a little bit like a cross between like a like a Norman Rockwell painting and the cover of the Atlas Shrugged novel. So <laughs>
1: Especially the workers, right? Like the this is going to produce good union jobs, right? The, it's yeah, not just rend- yeah, it's not yeah. just renderings designed to sell people to like come and live in this place. You'll see, it's, it's yeah, Mar- Mark Andreessen,
2: s- uh, known uh, known supporter of unions,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> big time, big time. He marches ticket lines all the time. Um, but yeah, you'll see that the the imagery is designed not just to sell potential residents or businesses um, of uh, in on this completely fabricated community. Um, but, uh, also selling p- politicians, elected officials, commissions that have to approve all the permits to actually build the thing. So anyway, here's more.
8: California forever has released renderings of the land it has purchased in rural Solano County.
2: California forever also sounds a little dystopian, but let's go
9: was promising to build a city unto itself but as ktvu's tom vacar explains most of these plans cannot happen without approval from voters and county and state leaders
10: on its california forever website the developers say this is a chance for a new community good paying local jobs solar farms and open space a chance is not a guarantee nor are the good paying jobs and the area is already almost nothing but open space, which would be partially covered by solar arrays. Though the California Forever website shows many attractive and alluring colorful drawings, They're just that. Although not very many colorful people. Drawings. (laughs) The plan appears to call
1: a minor concern.
10: Or cities with tens of thousands of homes located well within earshot of Travis Air Force Base, a busy 24 7
2: home to the military's biggest cargo. Well, that's convenient for when we have to invade Libertopia. At least there's an air force base nearby.
1: <laughs> drop the bomb to very quickly.
10: Local political reaction here in Rio but city hall is closed on Fridays and for the entire oh. holiday weekend. Bummer. That's the nature of small towns.
2: Oh, as this starts to move on, the public comment after down ballot is going to be pretty fucking interesting. It's going to be fucking <laughs> lit. It's his own show
1: almost. Destroy
3: the wonderful lifestyle we have here, and add to an already existing traffic problem in the surrounding area.
10: Highway 12 between Fairfield and Rio Vista. This is the traffic today. Imagine it with thousands of new homes.
1: Oh, don't worry, they'll install public transit. Oh, wait, these people hate public transit. (laughs) Well, at the very least, they'll add two or three more lanes to the roads, right? They'll promise to do a hyperloop.
10: Highway 12, the main road between Rio Vista and Fairfield runs directly through the 50,000 plus acres development. It would be wholly inadequate with two lanes, and would seriously affect the two-lane Rio Vista Bridge, the two-lane Highway 160, and the two-lane Antioch Bridge that goes into Antioch, and the East Bay.
2: Luckily, the people that are going to live there aren't going to be allowed to leave, so don't worry about it. But-
1: <laughs> By the way, hold on really quick. That, that like freeze frame of the bridge made it look like people were just driving up into heaven. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's no, you can't see where the end of this is. It's just like, let's just go. Here we go. Base. bridge that goes into Antioch and the East Bay. Is uh, it really? Silicon oh, there it is. Valley
10: billionaires, tech executives, and venture capitalists want to fly fishing. a billion dollars for the lands alone. Yes. And, yes. Money talks. <laughs> money talks. And they have deep, deep, deep pockets. They'll need it to put in the vast infrastructure needed for such a project in such a rural area, most especially roads and transit. Certain transit structure beyond roads, parks and services such as hospitals and better shopping could benefit the area, but at a price.
3: Well, a lot of people do work in the Bay Area. I worked in the Bay Area before I retired. And if you see the traffic out there today, because they're working on the bridge, you can't even get out of, out of Rio Vista right now. The whole area would not be
6: a small community anymore. It would be a thriving metropolis. Tom Vacar,
2: KTVU, Fox 2 News. So i wonder if they would let the people who live there already leave or
1: if right. they, <laughs> they would just or live there if they chose to right um oh i mean i guess she probably chose her words a little poorly but you know it, it, i guess the hope would be it would be a thriving metropolis right i guess that would be the best of the best case scenario is that it's thriving um not like dragging everything else down or sucking up the the world um yeah, this is just so sus, <laughs> completely sus. Once you find out who's behind it too, right? It's, it's almost, it, I guess it wouldn't matter necessarily if any any gr- group called California forever. It Oh, but it's, it's like definitely a who's
2: who of who can go fuck themselves,
1: yes. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um. Uh, even Peter Thiel connections, I think. Like. Uh, but it, regardless of who's behind it, if any shadow group is buying a 52,000 52, acres of land in the Central Valley, and talking about building a planned community and releasing all these wonderful, really whitewashed photos or uh, uh, renderings with wonderfully whitewashed people and wonderfully whitewashed workers and wonderfully whitewashed lives, um, you know that look. Oddly enough, I don't know. Again, I'm going to make a reference here, but I'm guessing you, you're not a uh, you're not a follower of the The Walking Dead by any chance.
2: No, but I, like I said, okay. I've seen the cover of Atlas Shrugged.
1: <laughs> well that's exactly what this feels like it uh, it there's ev- every community they seem to find the survivors seem to find um where they've managed to you know put up some walls and like try to you know create some world that that, that kind of resembles what happened before the zombies came and the world went to shit right it looks exactly like this these renderings exactly like completely fake you know one-dimensional about an inch deep right um a mile wide and an inch deep um, and just about just ready to fall apart at any moment with any, with like a the the, the stiffest breeze could blow everything over, right? Um, and so easily just um, corrupted and and just uh, full of just and, just and just full of shit, right? So um, I'm sure you've talked about it ad nauseum uh, in the other space, and that makes perfect sense. So we're going to keep following that this um, here and there, I'm sure, and we'll bring you more. It oh, it might pipe, I mean, there's
2: but- a non-zero chance it ends up on the cult and satanic panic show too if it fucking gets too if it gets too far down
1: the road. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if Jordan Peterson ends up putting in money on this, like, the, then we really got something. Or the search for Scient- Scientology, right? It's yeah, Disney that's what I'm saying.
2: The-, the first people that
1: show up there are like Scientology and fucking Bethel. <laughs> Tom Cruise will move there. He'll get he'll, he'll get, a, he'll get a, a palatial estate on a hill there. Um, but yeah, again, but also this is between Rio Vista and Vacaville or wherever, like you know, on the I-80 corridor. Everyone's been out there. It's not. Th- it's not as though that space out there is not developing already at a rapid rate, right? Like it, we, you can see it all the time as people, more and more people flee the Bay Area, the heart of the Bay Area because of cost of living. And they've tried to find places that are cheaper to live and then commute into the Bay Area on things like, you know, Amtrak and BART and other things which are out there. But yeah, you're right that these assholes aren't going to be, out, you know, are going to be forced to contribute to or build out. Um, but they might have be, they might have to like build again, like I said, a couple more lanes on the bridges or something or build a new bridge but they won't be asked to build
2: public transit. So fun, (laughs) fun fact. Some of them uh, their or their parent company or whatever is already like filing lawsuits against local landowners for trying to charge too much for the land.
1: That's (laughs) fucking hilarious. Right. And that's hilarious. Given the, the, like a billion, like they quote, what they quote a billion dollars for 52,000 acres in California. Do the math. That's a bargain. That's a fucking bargain, especially for these a holes. A billion dollars is like you know burning a hole in their pocket, right? Like that's co- collectively all well, these these assholes worth well over billions and billions of dollars, right? Like who knows, maybe a trillion between them all. Um, and they're not crying about a billion dollars and a billion dollars to get the land, which is the most you know expensive piece of this whole puzzle and the hardest piece to get, right? You can buy politicians, you can buy commissioners, you can you can get the Entitlements that you need and you want. um, Costs a little bit, but it doesn't cost anywhere near as much as the land. Do you remember when they wanted to seastead? Was that what? what, what, When they wanted to seastead? Who stead? Seastead. What's
2: seastead? S E A S T E A D. It's like homestead, but seasteading.
1: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, I get. Yes. I I do recall that entirely. The the Ruffies wrote a song about that, actually. I that's why I remember it I think the rupies are very good for that they're very good for helping to remember uh, these kind of moments but yeah I remember there's like the water world right where it's right. like these little at- atolls or whatever or the, the little they wanted islands, to so. be just
2: outside of they wanted to be just into international outside
1: waters of, right but,
2: but like right outside the bay area so that they could essentially like
1: Live so here, but in, not live here.
2: So they can install right. a feudalism, I think is what they were trying to do, but st- then people could commute to their Bay area jobs and bring their feudalism money back to the back
1: to Peter Thiel to pay tithing right. or whatever they were gonna do right. there. Well, they should make those fuckers go through customs. I don't care, <laughs> every day. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's very similar to what's happening here. And we'll see, you know, again, it all comes back to who can afford to live there, who's gonna be living there, Who's going to be doing all this labor and work that needs to be done to sustain this kind of an environment, right? And where are they going to be living? Um, maybe more, more likely, probably not in this community, right? So same, same problems. You're just building a, you know, uh, an artificial city and creating brand new problems instead of, I don't know, trying to solve the ones that we have now. Yeah, yeah. With and your, I thought it with was, your billion dollars. I
2: thought it was funny that they said, "Oh, they're going to have to build public transit." It's like, no, they're
1: not. <laughs> Fuck no. I mean, no. I mean, they'll be they'll be held they'll be held to they're going to have to do something, right? Like to appease and 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 make it a smoother process. They'll do something. They'll offer to, like I said, it's mostly be roads, probably because people are so fucking concerned about roads. Even the folks who are like worried about all the traffic and the congestion and all that, they're not going to be the ones in there lobbying for public transit. They're just going to be saying like, no, don't bring this at all, right? Like, I don't I mean, want any my, more cars in my, my roads. Yeah, don't, don't do. Uh, Like, don't do this at all. That's my, that's my. That's what they'll be saying because, but because, not because of the, uh, but because of our roads can't sustain it, right? So they'll probably have to appease those people and build bigger roads, I'm guessing, but they won't be at yeah. They won't have to like help BART, help fund BART or help fund a new extension of Amtrak or whatever, the Capitol Corridor, Um, which is a fabulous ride, by the way, if you've never been on it. Um, So anyway, uh, we will obviously be tracking this one and following up massive. Uh, possibly it's, it's at so least on at least 3 of our shows at this point yes we'll be we'll be following this perhaps we could do a crossover once it really peaks out we could do a crossover of some sort i mean i've how, how the to down ballot how the down ballot how the down ballot are you yeah how the down ballot how the down ballot is your satanic panic <laughs> um,
2: anyway what do we got next
1: well uh This is going to be a little bit fresh for me because I've only skimmed this story, but apparently, I mean, we're all well aware that San Francisco has um, come under uh, the gun for a lot of public malfeasance and, um, you know, moving money through nonprofits to help uh, themselves and pad their own pockets. So a lot of city officials have been forced to resign. There's even, I think, a city official who's going to jail over this or at least going to be doing some serious hard community service um, and, and fines. Uh, But there apparently are more uh, uh, charges being filed all the time. So we're going to learn more about the, the unraveling mystery here on NBC Bay Area.
3: Tonight we investigate new public corruption charges against current and former San Francisco city officials. Dwayne Jones faces more than two dozen criminal charges of misappropriating public funds, bribery and conflict of interest. Former San Francisco official was the subject of an NBC Bay Area investigation back in 2020 that showed his business netted millions of dollars by helping other companies bid on lucrative contracts in the city oh. the current head of the city's community challenge grant program Lenita enriquez is charged with the same crime for allegedly signing off oh, no. on more than 1.4 million Consulting in city contracts RDJ to Enterprise. jones company and other entities tied to jones district attorney brooke jenkins said her office filed charges because that grunt money was supposed to help residents and quote not to line the pockets of government
2: officials well good i suppose
1: yeah, she's good to see that Bercheck and Jenkins is cracking down, you know, on everyone. Uh she is tough on crimes. DA uh, Jenkins.
2: We so. we covered that like contemporaneously, right?
1: Correct. Uh mostly related to Muhammad Nuri, who was the head of public works, uh who resigned in massive disgrace because he had been uh siphoning money from city coffers through a nonprofit that he controlled. Um so uh, yeah, he had he resigned and he is now, I believe, in jail. Um, or at least he was in jail and is now out and probably having to do, like I said, the hard community service stuff. So, uh, yeah, that we'll be, we'll be covering it quite a bit. I'm sure we've had it under Get Your Shit Together as well. Um, but there was something that was more appropriate tonight. So um, for now, we'll just keep you posted as San Francisco continues to to fall apart at the seams, right, from the inside out.
2: Yeah, and uh, funny, funny enough, uh, I didn't, I didn't hear like any uh, that I do not hear that any homeless uh, folks or uh, drug uh, connoisseurs were involved in any of this.
1: No, not at all, right? <laughs> and then it seems like the city is functioning just fine, you know. Um, uh, so it's interesting. I, I, have been in a number of conversations this week, um, uh, offline, as they they say, not on podcasts or on uh, vidcasts or on any sort of streams. Off air. Um, off air. There you go off air conversations um where folks who are educated primarily by local news right and what they hear and and word of mouth and more than once uh, maybe three times actually this past week alone heard people reference you know what um what, what, you know the dangers of San Francisco right like we had a we were, we had the, a couple moments before a, a zoom meeting started and one of the participants lives in San Francisco right and one of a, a folk from someone from the South Bay said, you know, how are you doing up there in San Francisco? You feel safe? Um, you know, and person's well, yeah, I'm fine. Like it's fine. <laughs> 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 but, but the narrative outside of San Francisco is like, it's just falling apart and it's a shithole, right? Like because Mad that's all we Max. hear. Right. But it's, it just reminds me of what happens when you w- you exclusively watch the local news to get your, your news, right? Like we, we watch it here. We run clips because that's what we have to, to riff off of, but we're not in, a, in any way, I would say, getting our news from these outlets, right? We're finding out what's happening, and then we're trying to piece together through this show and others, you know, what's really happening and what's going on beneath the surface. So, if you're, but if you're getting it from these sources, you know, it's completely understandable why you would think these kind of things, right? It's it's a lot like scrolling through Nextdoor. It really right. is like it, try that sometime. It will, for me, it's amusing. Like I, I've I've learned to love it and to, to just laugh, right? And to read posts and just crack up and read the comments and just, just sit there and have an amusement, a, a nice amusing moment of levity in my day, right? Which is consumed with, you know, babies crying and eating food and, and sustenance. And, oh, by the way, we need to teach them things too so they're not idiots. Um, But, you know, it's a great breakup in my day. But it also is just like the worst of humanity, <laughs> so beware. Um, but it, it's it's a lot like reading that is 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 what folks are, are that's really where folks are getting their news, and it's it's tragic. It really is tragic because that's the narrative that's just, that's the simplistic kind of narrative you hear about San Francisco or about anything else, really, like uh, that you see out there.
2: Yep, and we're gonna stay in San Francisco for cool. the next two stories. Actually, this next one is uh, <clears throat> people are upset about uh, potential uh, schools closing in San Francisco, and I will probably say much like the same thing I said last week after we run this clip. Let's run it.
3: Boiling over at the San Francisco Unified School District tonight over just even the possibility of school closures. The district is facing a major budget deficit and dwindling enrollment with no easy options in its path. NBC Barry's Terry McSweeney has more.
8: You
11: should have got it at
8: the beginning. Disrespecting These are
11: we are not gonna have a discussion about this right now. The, the first public speaker tonight was the Reverend Amos Brown, who interrupted the meeting to demand public comment at the beginning of the meeting, not the end. The board members spoke first, acknowledging a mountain of problems.
12: Um, Whether
8: we're talking about our spec students, our African-American students, our Latinx students, our Pacific Islander
4: students, we are not meeting their needs and we are regularly failing them. We haven't owned up
3: to what's not working. And it's hard to look in the mirror sometimes, but our kids' education depends on it.
11: San Francisco Unified is facing a $39 million current school year shortfall declining enrollment and teacher turnover due partially to insufficient pay. Now comes a proposal to close some schools and that's where some parents draw a line in the sand.
0: And it's sad because we're supposed to be fixing the schools and not trying to get rid of them. When your first principal says
4: money will follow the students and where enrollment is, like. That does not in any way signal to me as a parent that you are caring about equity or caring about our black and brown students.
11: I'm gonna tell y'all the scariest thing about what I heard tonight, right? Is I heard very little about the actual education, right. right? No decision on closing schools at tonight's meeting, but board members say at some point they're gonna have to address the financial problems. Another example, if the district were to bring all of his schools up to good condition, that would cost $6 billion. In San Francisco,
2: Terry McSweeney,
11: NBC Bay Area News.
2: So, actually, I ain't even that mad. I'm going to be straight up, I ain't even that mad. Um, You know why? Why? Because they're actually bringing up the possibility of um, closing the schools before they have to close the schools. So. I know the people at the meeting are mad and shit, but, like, this is better than um, <clears throat> some of the stuff we've seen out of Oakland where they uh, basically over the summer proposed closing down schools for the next term, which, right. <clears throat> whether or not they had to close the schools or whatever, you can see why everybody would be fucking, even, even if your kid's school wasn't being closed, you might go there and just be pissed off just because you're like, why didn't you tell me about this
1: before? Right. In those cases, they waited until the very last minute to... to- Bring the bad news more than likely, you know, either because they didn't want to deal with the backlash for a prolonged period of time and the, and the back and forth and maybe some trying to find some sort of community solution. Right. Um, they want to have the hard conversation or they thought with rose colored glasses on, Oh, this is going to resolve itself. Right. We'll suddenly find a fucking pot of money under the, under the fucking bed. And we'll be able to save the schools. Right. Um, or that we can, we can get a teacher's agreement to like move some things around and put some vacant positions and, you know, we'll, we'll save the schools. Um, but I mean, so, if you're in
2: that position, why not just say that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, 100%. <clears throat> no, I, I agree with you. You know um, how,
2: like, you know, how, like oh the president gets up on the stage every year and goes, the state of the union is strong, or is strong, right? Yeah. Well, have a state of the school district, but instead of doing that level with people, you go, the state of the school district is
1: uh, fucked. <laughs> but we're fucked, you, and it's not, not entirely you, you, our you, fault, but you, it's you, partly our fault.
2: Then you say, "Here's what's going on. Here's yeah. sort of what we're thinking is, you know, the what we're looking at in one year, two years, five years, ten years, if things don't change, and uh, if if y'all can, if y'all can, you know, if y'all have some ideas, and, and we'd we'd love to we have, have a up. love to have a conversation about this between the students, the faculty, uh, any no. stakeholders, but they don't do that." It sounds like no. San Francisco, to some extent, is doing some version of that, which is better.
1: Yes and no. I mean, every district has, like, a budget advisory committee. Every district has a uh, English Learners Advisory Committee. Every district has a Disability Advisory Committee, right? And ostensibly, like, you know, parents and, and teachers and administrators, we're all sitting in these, uh, and students, hopefully, are, are are having a voice in these committees and, these com- uh, and through these committees. Uh, the and then the board, of course, is supposed to be speaking up for the people in the community um, and, and raising those voices. Um, and it's just not in reality, unfortunately, how it happens. Right? Like there's, these committees all meet. They have members. There are people. There are parents and teachers and well-meaning administrators who who do meet and try to um, you know resolve these issues collectively. But whenever something like you know, school closure comes up, or you know, whatever critical race theory, or whatever whatever you want, right? Like banning books or um, or a, shooting, a school shooting, it just it brings out all the parents who, you know, uh, who who didn't know they had to be for had to be fall along and just never really got engaged, right? Those aren't the people that, that join committees and join groups, advisory groups, right? Like the people that join advisory groups, the people that genuinely want to help and think things are going okay, but but uh, have some ideas about how to make things better instead you know you, you, what you see here um, what you what you rile up when you 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 talk about closing schools is the greater parent populace right um and we we've heard this before in san francisco and we covered it extensively on down ballot slash recall watch right when there was that massive recall effort against the school district here so now they got what they wanted like the people who 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 forced the recall and said you guys don't know what you're doing now they've got a majority of board members down there, right? Like the people that were talking right there; those are people that were, I think, I'm pretty sure, replaced the folks that were ousted in the recall. And they're they're starting suddenly realizing that oh shit, running a school district is a lot more fucking complicated than you know putting out a mailer or putting up a 30 second YouTube ad, right? Like it's this this is actually really complicated shit, and we do kind of have our hands tied. And it's uh, so now it's funny like they're saying well we're you know we're doing our best but we we're, we're, we're not doing a great job it's like yeah uh, so why couldn't you just keep the last the last people give the last people a chance to do not a great job until the election right and figure it out then so they're getting a taste of their own medicine and it's to me it's kind of it sucks for the kids right at the end of the day it sucks for the kids but for me it's a little bit kind of like a, a silver lining that these assholes have to now deal with oh we have to fucking govern this school district now it wasn't just fun and games Sorry for blathering so long, but it, it, no, it no. really just really pisses <clears throat> I mean me the, off to hear these folks.
2: If I'm just telling you, like, like I said before, the more lead time you have for this <clears throat> and the earlier the kids know that they might have to change schools or whatever, the easier it is going to be kids, the kids to adapt. Yeah, And yeah. that's like all that's like what I care about in all this.
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. And holy, yeah, it's a holy, that's a wholly separate for me from, from the, the irony of the, the recall and the recall success. Um, Yeah, no, again, it all comes back to the kids, to me. One thing that that every school district is missing, right? They have student board members, right? Like a couple kids that sit up with the board of trustees and like, you know, give reports from, you know, career day or whatever, right? Like they don't actually have a vote. They don't have a vote. They have no say. They're just sort of there. No one really engages them in the conversation when they're talking about, you know, issues that relate directly to them, Right. And there's no student committees, there's no student commissions within these school districts, there's no student-led bodies, there's a student-like leadership group that, you know, like an administrator goes to just to sort of say hi and say, hey kids, I know you exist, but like they have no say or power or voice. Um, that's the real tragedy in all of education is that the students are the ones that should have a voice. Even the youngest students, I think, could tell you exactly what they need to, you know, feel comfortable and Welcome and educate, you know, and a and, and, uh, learning right, like they're learn, learning how to, how to how to make them thrive in a learning environment. We need to engage our kids more. Is all I'm saying, and we don't do that. That's the real tragedy in
2: all this. Well, as important as the, uh, the the schools are in San Francisco, you know what's more important? Pickleball. 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 <laughs> uh, we'll just pickleball. let the local we'll just let the local news hit run, and then we'll we'll see. We probably we probably have some thoughts here.
9: debates about where and when to play. KTV's Allie Rasmus is in San Francisco where the dispute over one pickleball court went viral because of an online petition. Allie?
8: Yeah, we are at the Presidio and behind us is the Presidio Wall playground pickleball courts. They've been open since seven o'clock this morning and they're pretty full. It's been a hub of activity here since it opened. You can see and hear this activity. In fact, the noise is what some people who live nearby are upset about. The noise is awful, it's just nerve-breaking, it just echo all over, bang, bang, bang to your head. Now, it is a more distinct and staccato noise than what tennis balls and rackets makes. The San Francisco Chronicle recently reported that a woman who lives nearby this court in the Presidio, who also happens to be the wife of a tech executive and investor, recently circulated an (laughs) online petition calling on the city to shut down this pickleball court until the city can do an environmental review. She Well, they
1: got 91 signatures. (laughs) Environmental impact of pickleball. Okay, let's let's keep watching
8: that the noise is affecting home values, the environment and residents' way of life, but she's also getting a lot of backlash online and on social media after it was discovered that she has her own pickleball court
1: in the backyard of her
8: thirty-six million dollar mansion. Pickleball Ah! community (laughs) said it was hypocritical of her to try and shut down these public courts while keeping her own people who live nearby and are outside of this fray wonder why everyone involved can't find a compromise.
0: Look at how many people are out there playing. I mean, that's amazing. I can understand the noise factor, that's legitimate. But let's just try to work on innovation. We're so good at that here, right?
8: Her suggestion, do something to muffle the sound of the pickleball paddles. Now there's supposedly certain types of balls and paddle covers that can be used to reduce that pocking noise. Uh, but then you get into the question of whether that kind of regulation can even be enforced when you have crowds like this at uh, pickleball courts. Now, last check, the Change.org petition that the neighborhood circulated was taken down, but the debate about this continues. We have reached out to San Francisco's Rec and Park District to get more information from them and hear their response to this dispute. Live in San Francisco, Ali Rasmus, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Ali, thank
12: you. There's another pickleball court controversy down in the South Bay. It is-
1: oh, no. Oh, no that's actually, yeah we'll we'll have that in the next down ballot by the way <laughs> the, the pickleball controversies are spreading everywhere um all right, have you ever played pickleball producer dave
2: no but now i mean
1: i mean it kind of looks like squash and tennis combined maybe like a little bit or racquetball and tennis combined um but you know uh good on everyone for playing and getting out and getting active and yeah, like, like they said, like that's this is pretty freaking hilarious. I mean, it would be pretty petty and silly to be having to, to you know, seeing people respond this way with like online petitions calling for environmental review of pickleball courts. Um, it would be pretty silly regardless and very down regardless. But on top of that, the fact that the woman circulating the petition has a $36 million mansion and a pickleball court in her backyard just makes you want to just laugh maniacally in her we, face um, <clears throat> the, the government should eminent domain her pickleball court absolutely right we need more affordable housing let's put a fucking adu up in that mix right for, for like no i say unit. i say
2: they just make that a public pickleball court and a 24-hour public pickleball court with a uh <clears throat> instead of things to muffle the pickleball maybe we find ways to amplify
1: make it louder ball. Yeah, like like a uh, uh, stiffer balls or something. Um, uh, microphones but, on the uh, wireless microphones on the, the pickleball rackets. rackets. Oh yeah, and a PA system aimed into the neighborhoods. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, yeah. Oh, and then some obviously lights. We need some lights, and they need to be aimed into people's backyards and not at all at the pickleball court. Right, right. That, right. That's that's a must. Um, yeah, no, this is great. And uh, conveniently enough, if you look at a map, there's like a handy map on one of the stories. Uh, this uh, young woman's uh, pickleball court is entirely adjacent to the main road. Across from which is this pickleball, you know, uh, paradise. So they could have like a little bridge or an underground, like you know, tunnel or some sort of conveyance to get people over there, and a they people could mover. An easement. Yeah. Oh, there you go, people mover. And there would need to be something accessible, obviously, for oh, for all of our our oh, friends. Uh, uh, fucking, uh, we could use the boring company. Yeah, exactly. For our folks in the ADA community, um, and. Uh, it would be perfectly accessible, and I think it, I think it, it would be a win-win for all involved if we just eminent domained it. Absolutely, um, it is right there. We could create an easement, even if she if she was you know not amenable to eminent domain, and we didn't really want to press the issue. We could try to create an easement, which would mean you know a little door, basically, <laughs> to let people in. Um, so, well, there's many solutions here, and I think that um, we can find something creative. So, Helen, call us down ballot right here five 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 down ballot. I forgot what our number used to be, but it was, I I used Uh, to have it. still out
2: there. It's 415-903-PLEX. And if you left a voicemail there, I would never hear it.
1: (laughs) So call us, Helen, and leave a voicemail so we will never hear it.
2: So this is, we got another uh, vehicle versus structure this week. And uh, just by the still here, I think the structure won this one.
1: Yeah, we'll have to find out more about what happened here. But uh, this is becoming more and more common
2: a nonprofit in the city of oakland facing
9: tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage tonight good evening everyone i'm mike meback
4: and i'm julie hainer a stolen suv full of juveniles came plowing through their art center yesterday several artists were inside at the time ktv's amber lee joins us now live in oakland and amber staff members tell you they are frustrated yes they say
6: they're upset but they're resilient they've cleaned up the mess and they're waiting for repairs to be done they plan to reopen as soon as possible a gray SUV speeds through an intersection in uptown Oakland followed by the sound of a crash several people are seen (laughs) running away The SUV crashed into the Creative Growth Arts Center on 24th Street, Tuesday afternoon, about
0: 340. It was just really horrifying, honestly. I thought it was like a bomb or something.
6: The staff at the nonprofit tells me just 10 minutes earlier, a group of artists were painting near the window where the SUV plowed through. If
0: this bar wasn't here and we were having class, the artists that sat here on Tuesdays would, would have been probably dead. The staff says it's a miracle no
6: one was injured. Witnesses saw five juveniles estimated to be ages 10 to 14 get out of the SUV and run away.
0: I was terrified because I didn't know... The car was running, there was smoke, all the gas was coming out.
6: The staff says the owner of the SUV told them he had reported it stolen two weeks ago in Berkeley and that he found evidence inside the damaged vehicle that indicates the thieves may attend a school in Oakland. Workers also say a police officer told them this appears to be part of what's called the Kia Boys Challenge, where young people steal this type of vehicle to joyride and post on social media. Police have not confirmed this to us. The center's executive director estimates the damage to be $25,000. The nonprofit relies on state funds, grants, donations, and the sales of artwork. In the last eight months, we've had three broken windows because of vandalism. So it's just an ongoing problem. The staff tells me all the artists at the center live with disabilities and that the suspect stole from a vulnerable community.
12: They took um, a sense of safety away from them. You know, they took
6: a safe space for them to be able to go to. Workers are demanding that city leaders take action. Step up and do what needs to get done. Excuses aren't going to work anymore. The city is falling apart. The, the art center was closed today. Staff plans to welcome the artists back Thursday and reopen the gallery to the public Friday. Julie.
4: Amber Lee reporting live tonight in Oakland, Amber, thank you.
2: So the thing about the challenge I think is might be bullshit, but there is information floating around online that it is very trivially easy to steal. Most automobiles made by the Kia
1: car company. Interesting. I was not aware of that, but not surprising. Uh, and, and again, I feel for the nonprofit here, i I'm especially cause it's an arts nonprofit, special place in my heart. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, to, to, suddenly at the, at the end of the story to have the, you know, folks go nuclear, basically, and, and say this is part of the city just falling apart, right? No, I mean, this is a really shitty thing that happened to you, you know, and and I'm sorry that it happened to you and it sucks and it's good that no one got hurt, especially, you know, your your friends and the studio, and the art studio artists and also the teenagers who were dumb enough to do the shit in the first place, right? Um, but that's really the the story, right? Is That this that you heard that it was like it sounded like a cartoon crash, right? Like that you you're here in the movies, right? Like that sounded really bad, uh, and looks like all the kids got out okay. And um and at the end of the day, there's some damages that I'm sure GoFundMe page you know, can help to resolve. Um, if if this place is really that well known and well loved, um, they shouldn't have any problem raising the money to fix this. Um, so good all around, right? Um, and good on the architect for building those poles in so that you know. It did look like. I mean, I think you're right. I did. I don't know. I don't if really we want to grade it, but uh, things that no one got hurt. Um, it did look like the structure won at the end of the day because it right. prevented the car from getting into the structure, right, where it would have done more damage. And that's good. Yes, yes. So good on the structure. So I'd say uh, structure wins in this in this round. I mean, in um, vehicle
2: in, versus structure, there are very few cases in which I'm
1: not going to be I'm just kind of by default rooting for the structure. Yeah, of course. Because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, uh, vehicles aren't meant to drive into structures, so they're probably the ones being bad. Um, Structures can't do anything but just be there. Um, They're just they're built and they just sit there. They can't get out of the way. Um, They can't drive themselves across town, right? Um, So yeah, vehicles always have the option, and they consistently decide to uh, attack these poor, defenseless. Motionless structures i mean this was so, not this structure seemed very uh very well fortified not defenseless save our structures save our structures so we we will we will speak up producer dave we will be the voice for the structures
2: so uh we got uh get your shit together and well it's san well, francisco and um this is uh literally about shit i think that's all we got to say we're gonna let the news hit run here number of San Francisco
9: residents have been blanketed with a pretty bad odor in their neighborhood. KTVU's Christian Captain joins us live tonight from San Francisco's Public Utilities Commission. And Christian, I mean, you're learning that this smell could actually be around into next year?
13: Yeah, that's right, Mike. And I'll tell you something, that smell, the PUC is saying it might be the scent of progress. Now, uh, it might not be a pleasant smell, but they're also saying it's certainly not a dangerous one. You can't see it, but there's something lingering in the air in the area near San Francisco's panhandle.
8: It just kind of smells like burning rubber, sort of. Yeah, it's, it's not great. You can smell it from pretty far away.
13: The smell comes and goes and has even created whole discussion threads on next door as neighbors try to figure out the, next wow. of the Probably wild. A major clue is the work underway along Oak Street as crews replace an aging sewer line. What people are smelling is a specific type of project called Cured-In-Place Pipe. Um, It's an innovative but industry-standard practice that we use to upgrade our sewer infrastructure. The smell is the new pipe. We put a specialized resin in and through the pipes that then hardens or cures and essentially creates an entirely new pipe within it. The traditional alternative would require digging a trench down Oak Street, one of the city's busiest commute corridors. So the SFPUC says, while the smell may be unpleasant, it's better than the alternative, and they say it's safe. Um, During the course of the work, we'd have real time Um, continuous monitoring of the levels in the air, and we're finding that during the course of this project, they are a hundred times lower than um, state safety standards. Neighbors say while they may not love it, they understand.
8: No, I don't love the smell, um, and sometimes it feels a little bit inconvenient, but I really do appreciate that the city is investing in infrastructure improvements.
13: The project is moving along the Panhandle and in the city's Sunset District. The work typically takes a couple of days before moving on to the next segment, so residents won't have to put up with the smell for too long. The sewer replacement project is set to run into spring of next year. We're live in San Francisco. Christian Kafton, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Got
9: to roll with it. All right, Christian, thank you.
2: So I was incorrect. I saw sewer replacement, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, there's shit everywhere. And I was incorrect. (laughs) The shit is only in front of the cupcake shop, and that's on the
1: sidewalk correct well you know they're still dealing with shit, and they're just you know kind of covering up the shit is really what's happening and that's the disgusting part of this whole thing right like it's not a sewer replacement at all right they're not actually digging up as they said they're very clear we're not they're not digging up the pipes and replacing them with new pipes they're shooting some sort of weird concoction uh hardening resin concoction into the pipes to coat them right and create a sheer new you know clean Pipe inside. No, I mean, I I know what this I know what this is. What they what's going on is Gross.
2: They're the thing they're spraying inside actually creates a new pipe. So the old pipe
1: over X number of years is just going to fall apart around the yeah. new pipe. Interesting. That's pretty. That's pretty innovative. Um, well, good. Well, at, at least that's uh, that's one. That's something. I wish the neighbors understood that and, and, and could and could appreciate that. But the, you know what? The, to be honest with you, the smell of burning rubber doesn't sound so bad as opposed to just the smell of burning shit,
2: right? Like if the pipe failed, like is that's a yeah. like a main that's a main sewage
1: pipe. If they're doing this, right? Because they yeah.
2: can't do this on small pipes. These are big pipes. So if that pipe failed, uh, it would it would smell a lot worse.
1: Yeah, if they're talking about Panhandle to Sunset, that's a very long, like, that's probably a main line of some sort, right, uh, running along the park there, so, um, ugh. well, get your shit together, San Francisco, make sure that, you know, those. make sure those sewer lines are replenished and repaired, and yeah, there's probably, like, God, in San Francisco, some sewer lines that are, like, more than 100 years old, at least, um, at least dating back to the earthquake, right? All right, the original. Well, the original. Right.
2: Let's move on to down ballot watch with stories that are more explicitly political. All the news is political, but these are like explicitly stories about local politics. We we just got two, and it's been a long, hot labor summer. That's just which is interesting. Let's see what let's see what uh, the Fox affiliate has to say about it.
3: Labor Day, elected officials and union workers gathered in the South Bay today to mark months of strikes across the state and outline the goals that they say still need to be accomplished. KTVU's Amanda Quintana has the story.
4: It's been called hot labor summer strikes happening all over the state from Hollywood writers to nurses and teachers with the rising costs in California workers are fighting for a living wage and benefits like retirement, affordable health care and housing. This has
3: really been a summer of solidarity, but also It's sending a signal around the country that we are about unionizing California.
8: That's what we're doing.
4: Dozens of state and local leaders showed their support at a union barbecue in San Jose. Proud of the strides made, but knowing more needs to be done.
11: Workers need more. To be able to live in the you know ever more expensive california and there's a lot of levers we can pull at the government level to help address these issues uh, lifting up workers giving them more economic power is one uh, but also making building more housing making housing more affordable
4: they say unions are more popular than ever right now 90 percent of, of young people Support union, support union activity. That is the future of California. And seeing workers stand up and demand a better life has inspired others to do the same. Employees at places like Amazon and Starbucks, helping lead the way by unionizing.
13: I'm seeing a lot of LGBTQ people realize, like, that's my best place to be. If I want to be treated properly, if I want to get the health care as a trans woman, my union's the only reason I got my health care, and that I got to transition.
4: Electrician Liseria Kursavi says She was transitioning secretly, scared of what her fellow union workers would say. She even had thoughts of taking her own life, but she was welcomed by the union with open arms. Now she wants others to feel that same support.
13: When you have a workspace that not only supports you but protects you, you work better.
4: Leaders want to continue this momentum. Starting with making sure that unemployment
3: compensation is. Play to our striking working men and women. This
4: is like social security. It's an earned benefit. You pay into it. You deserve it. Securing unemployment for those striking and aiming their next fight at AI. Ensuring that we're not settling for robots driving our trucks and cars, that we're asking the actual people do that. In San Jose, Amanda Quintana, KTVU, Fox 2 News.
2: Probably a crack barbecue.
1: Uh, It was. I can report from first-hand experience. Oh, you popped by? The bad baby and good wife and I uh, dropped in. Um, we're friends at the House of Labor, so we, we went and we, we snuck in. But yeah, I was cracking. They had uh, chicken, uh, burgers, sausages, hot dogs, all manner of cookies and muffins and treats and, and enter- that Just curious, any entertainment? They did actually. I, I, thank you for asking. They had a really kicking um, jazz duo of uh, a couple old scraggly white dudes on one on a uh, acoustic guitar and the other on sax, uh, maybe a tenor sax. Um, but ve- yeah, actually very nice. They were playing some old ragtimey shit and some some good classic Union tunes, right? Uh, and had some guest singers come up for a, a couple bits. So yeah, no, they were very very good. At first, I thought it was recorded or a DJ was playing, but then I got closer to the stage and there was you know there were actual musicians that's always, so a, on them.
2: that's always a compliment when you think something was pre-recorded
1: and then you find out it's yeah. live actually yeah it was very smooth they were very they were very nice it was very it was also just well mixed too um for being like just some you know basically backyard barbecue oh you know
2: what i bet they had uh, i bet they had u- someone from the uh union for that deals with uh audio video there
1: making sure it sounded good IOTC was probably in the house, um, the the technical workers union. Um, So we we
2: watch some of these events by some of these like kind of far right groups and the audio is just always garbage. And somebody in chat always says, oh, this is what happens when you don't hire union people for your AV. (laughs) Right, right.
1: We're fed up with union workers and all their demands. (laughs) Can you hear me, Poughkeepsie? Uh. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so uh so it it was a cracking good time. And yeah, it's been a great it's been a I think a really big year and big a good time for um the labor movement writ large. Um you're seeing organizing in places, you know, that haven't been really tapped before, private industry, even just Starbucks employees is a big step, right? Like you haven't seen a whole lot of private sector union organizing in a long time. Um so this is this is good to see. Um, and then striking my you know, my, my writers and my actors from Hollywood. Good to see them fighting for what's theirs. And a lot of other unions stepping up to defend you know, to to be in solidarity with them, like Teamsters, right? Like imagine that truck drivers walking alongside actors, right? So it's 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 good to see and hopefully it will lead to better things for all working people. And good barbecue.
2: Well, we got one more story in the down ballot watch, and it seems like Mayor Ed Two Hundred Nine thinks TikTok is going to help them uh, stop the sideshows in San Jose. So let's 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 hear about this.
14: Sideshow activity is front and center in San Jose. Events have only increased in the past year. After 232 in 2022, there are already 184 reported incidents in 2023. These illegal sideshows have terrorized neighbors and created problems for the community.
7: Every weekend we have sideshows and it's hurting our community.
0: Cars are being broken into, windows are being broken and families are not feeling safe.
9: Sideshows are dangerous. They're dangerous to the participants.
14: They're dangerous to the spectators to the community. SJPD uses different techniques to curtail activity, including citing spectators and participants. But Mayor Matt Mahan believes fault falls on social media companies as well. And he has sent a letter asking them to play a part in finding solutions.
9: We would not stand for people posting videos of themselves physically assaulting people.
2: So wait, w- we do wait, do wait, what? Yes, we do.
9: posting videos of people engaging in other dangerous and illegal activity that has literally been involved in events where people have died.
14: Mahan wants sideshow videos removed quickly to help limit numbers of people attending the events. He'd also like to see accounts suspended for 30 days for the first offense and banned permanently if the content continues. Social media expert Ahmed Banoffa says a change like this is absolutely possible, and he says these companies have an obligation to promote public safety. This could be a model for other activities that uh, they look at it as an illegal activity. They can just apply the same model to the other activities when they ask the tech companies to take action. We reached out to the social media companies, and while we haven't heard back, the mayor said his office has received positive responses. So we asked him why he believes his plea will
9: make a difference. If people didn't get the likes and the followers and all of the attention on social media, I think we would see far less sideshow activity. People are doing it for the attention. And the social media platforms have a responsibility for cutting off that attention.
14: The mayor hopes the companies will come to City Hall next month to work out a solution that works for everyone.
1: See, there is that's where he's wrong. Like I I'm sorry but that that is wrong <laughs> there is an attention factor to it right there's a yolo uh you know in, in, you know uh influencer social media attention grabbing factor but that's true of just about everything that that young people are doing these days right there is they're all trying to figure out a way to you know, spread social media love and spread their their um their reach, right? And become influencers or whatever and their even in their own little minor you know, small universe. But that's not why these folks are doing this shit, right? Not for the gram. The gram is just a side hustle or the side project of it. It's let's, really just let's
2: say a just, side side show.
1: Yeah, side side show. They're just having from their perspective, having fun. Right? This to them is this is something entertaining to go do or watch on a friday night or a saturday night just like going to the movies and or having dinner and going to the movies is someone else's jam right this is their jam right and you're not going to stop their jam just because their video gets taken down they're going to find another way to get their video out but really it's the experience itself it's being there right that's really the more uh critical thing right right um and you're, and we're obviously failing in letting these, you know, in, tra- in trying to inform and educate these folks that this what they're doing is unsafe, right? And it can lead to serious problems, right? Um, but at the end, there's so many things that we try to educate people about and, and young people about and tell them not to do, and yet, oh my God, they do them anyway. Fucking shocking, right? Um, and they do them even, you know, more so. They do more of it. They do, they do it uh, to an even greater degree. Um, because we tell them it's bad and it's wrong and they shouldn't do it, right? And it's the big bad man telling them, you know, that something's wrong and they shouldn't do it. So of course they're gonna fucking do it. This, so I, I'm not saying I have a solution for how we can oh, stop sideshows because I think oh, they I are. Do. I personally think they're stupid and dangerous. But I'm, you know, I, it, there, there's nothing. I don't know if there's anything we can do as a society or as I a do. police force even to I, stop it. I'm, you know, I do. I'm off myself. Um, so go for it.
2: When they shut down all the drag strips in the Bay Area, people turned to street racing um there was still street racing when there were drag strips but there was an alternative where you could go and there was some regulation um the regulation was you know lax compared to like an nhra event where nobody would be able to participate and i don't know where to put this but we we could we could make a
1: legal version of this the fairgrounds i mean there's some there's so many things for which the answer is the fairgrounds <laughs> yeah we could i mean <laughs> this is one of them
2: i mean it's you're 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 driving your car in an uncontrolled manner sure but we could at least we could make this legal do this legally sure. and re- and greatly reduce the 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 danger to the part to not the maybe to the participants but more to the observers but the the thing i think is the danger is part of the thing
1: yeah no i, th- I think that's i think that's a great a great point a great idea um and it could be regulated it still be dangerous right these things will always be dangerous but um uh there they can be some sort of control to it um and give people the opportunity to have that experience right especially the spectator right there's not there's, there's so many people that actually participate right and, and frankly i'm surprised that more people don't i guess it's a Maybe it's a tribute to the, the the driving acumen or the 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 sideshow acumen of the drivers, right? That more people aren't hurt. Like I'm I'm or the org, maybe it's the organizers for organizing a good sideshow. I don't know. It seems to me that more people would some get combination, yeah. Things, right.
2: I mean, yeah, Like you don't like if if you are organizing this, you don't want people to die at it, right? Like so. Of there's not just like just like a raves like illegal warehouse parties are illegal. But the people right. throwing the party don't want the reputation of their party be, parties being grossly unsafe. And I think right. that, that that's going on here, and it keeps people safe. It's self-regulating. There's people who have been going to these for 20 or 30 years who are maybe doing crowd control. It's still dangerous. Yeah. I would not go, and I'm not suggesting anyone else attend one of these. But there's certainly right. certainly some amount of self-regulation going on in this community. Otherwise, yeah, you'd hear about people getting getting like seriously injured or killed a lot more often.
1: Yeah. It's surprising we don't. Right. So it, it, uh, maybe that's a testament to them. So, I, you know, and who knows, but the, the one thing I do know is that shutting down the videos on TikTok and, you know, shutting down the gram is not going to solve anything. Right. And it's really just a cop out by city leaders who, you know, just want to look tough on crimes, but don't actually want to do anything to, you know, dig in and, and resolve deeper-seated issues about the fact that people feel the need to to let loose doing this kind of shit, like this kind of batshit crazy stuff, right? Like, that's a bigger, deeper societal issue that no one wants to deal with. They just want to issue citations, right, and fines. And, like, get these and people into drifting. Day. like <laughs> Right. Or something else, just anything else, right? Um, and Or low-riding, as we're going to see yep. in, in another mm. thing, right? Oh, so, this it's is it's great. A I wish... Segue. I wish I could have attended this. I just I
2: just couldn't make it happen because it would have been so fun to go out there. After a very long time of basically cruising being illegal in San Jose, uh, San Jose had its first lowrider day in a quite a long time. And I bet this is going to make me even more mad that I didn't attend watching this news hit
4: of San Jose recognizing low riders and the culture and history behind them today. Hundreds of them lining up around City Hall for the first ever low rider day. But you know, cruising wasn't always welcomed in the city. And our Leonard Ramirez was at today's celebration to tell us why it's such a long time in the making.
9: 30 or 40 years ago, it would have been hard to imagine the city allowing a lowrider happening out here on the streets, let alone on the steps of City Hall. But lowriders have certainly cruised into the future, a future that now includes acceptance. We're here, we fought to be here, we're here to stay, and we're going to continue fighting for our culture. Armando Barbosa has been cruising in San Jose for over 25 years, much of it through difficult times. There was a
13: time period in our lives when um, getting in your car and going down to uh, our favorite spot would be King and Story. Um, It wasn't tolerated with the city of San Jose. Um, You would get targeted because maybe your car was just too low or maybe it looked just a little bit different than the rest.
9: And uh, it was outlawed at that time. San Jose was one of the places that gave birth to the lowrider culture, which is now spread worldwide. But the city cracked down in the 1980s and cruising was banned. Barbosa and members of the United Lowrider Council of San Jose have been working with city leaders for more than a decade to get the ban lifted. Last year, they did just that. And today, San Jose Lowrider Day was a celebration of that victory. More than 300 cars packed the City Hall Plaza in Santa Clara. Street was closed off for a lowrider car show. We can now park, as you can see, in front of City Hall.
13: We are welcome. Um, there's nobody's getting pulled over. Nobody's getting a ticket, not just
9: yet. And uh, we're here to
0: celebrate <laughs>
9: Goodrich uh, community and, and let folks know that we could do this in a positive way. Even San Jose's mayor got into the action.
1: Oh God! Lowrider
9: culture is an important part of our city, of our tradition, of our culture. We're going to continue to embrace it and celebrate it. <laughs> It means a lot to people like Mia Arroyo, a hairdresser who spends her time and money fixing up her Chevy Impala.
0: Before it was a little bit different, you know, and and they had us a little bit kind of like segregated, like, oh, no, you guys can't do that. You know, you guys are, they would profile us to be something that we weren't. So we're just happy to be accepted like part of the community.
9: Part of the community with color, style, and history. We're definitely here. We fought to get here. We're still fighting to stay.
13: And we're definitely going to fight for the future. We're just preserving a culture for our kids that's going to come behind
15: us.
4: Thank you, Len, for getting that story for us today. San Jose Lowrider Day won't be the only place to see some great vehicles over Labor Day weekend. The Santos Car Show will take place tomorrow on North uh, First Street from 7 a.m. until so. 3 p.m. Get this, they're expecting more than 600 vehicles to be on display. I
2: so the only difference really between lowrider culture and hot rod culture was the people driving the fucking cars and what their fucking oh, complexion true. looked like.
1: Yes, 100%. N- nobody ever
2: um, fucked with you if you're driving your hot rod down the street, but you were driving your lowrider down the street.
1: Yeah, uh, it was actually very poignant last year when the ban was lifted, the cruising ban was lifted, council member um Ro Perales who was uh who led the effort. He actually was a member of a lowrider club. When he was younger, he had a uh, an Impala. I think himself a '65 Impala, um, and he recounted, recounted um, very poignantly, being pulled over many times and you know curbed and and, and searched and uh, and 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 stopped um, because of his complexion, right? Because he's Ch- he's Chicano, um, and uh, that's it was common. It's entirely common. That's why they created the law in the first place. And it's great that it's it's lifted. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, to more of this. I'm looking forward to more, um, like we've talked about more just open streets days and opportunities let's, to. Let's
2: try to go to the yeah. next one. I think it's probably, let's you, you, it. you can bring the bad baby. It'd be it, she, bad baby might get a little, a little annoyed after a while because the bad baby doesn't like understand the low rider
1: culture, but uh, no, no, she'll dig it. She'll yeah, dig it. She'll yeah, dig we, the, we, she'll dig the hydraulics and everything.
2: We go out there and get some of them hot dogs on them, on them carts. Cause you know, them hot dog vendors are out there and that shit's real good
1: Oh, for sure. And the, and the food trucks and whatnot she's actually pretty pretty uh got pretty good taste buds going on so uh, she's trying all sorts of things but yeah let's let's go do that and, and the yeah the Santos car show how could I forget that up in Elviso every year it's like it's a massive thing so um car culture coming back
2: yeah I don't even I don't even for, have like, a car course. but car culture is pretty cool especially them old cars because we're I mean uh, just time marches on, and just the attrition of the environment and stuff—we're not going to be able to see these kind of cars forever. They're going to get more and more no. rare, and less and less regular people are going to be able to even buy the like the base car to do this, you know, with because they're just going to get more and more expensive.
1: Yeah, and and just the 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 style and the craftsmanship is going to go out the, out the window over time anyway. But yeah, uh, I'm sure they can electrify all these, you know, rock cars but some some of them I bet some of them are. I, bet, that...
2: I bet I bet there was somebody out there whose car was electrified I bet there was Yeah and,
1: and with the low rider culture it's not as big as you know the, the hot rod, or the or maybe the Sorry not the hot rod, but the uh the the other types where it's like, it's about the revving engine and that big vibration you know underneath your guts um it's really just about going low and slow so it makes Yeah the low rider, sense it's all would... about
2: the fashion baby
1: Yeah it's low and slow and the, and the hydraulics can all be or hydraulics they're not you know electric or gas so um yeah let's let's uh Let's embrace this. Uh, speaking of embracing,
2: yeah, um, are
1: embracing at the stud again.
2: Yeah, the studs opening back up, which is oh, great. Uh, uh, again, it's it's all about the fashion, baby. It's
1: a it, it's it, all about. They, it. It, they did, they did
2: oh. famous famous drag events at the at the stud. Anyway, oh, let's uh, check out the local news hit, and then I have a bit of announcement uh, actually uh, afterward. Ah.
4: Nearly four years after the legendary LGBTQ bar called The Stud closed there on 9th Street, the owners have announced it will reopen early next year. It's an old favorite that's getting a new beginning. KTB's Alice Wirtz
12: reports now from San Francisco. For 57 years, San Francisco's famed LGBTQ bar, The Stud, has welcomed everyone. Now there's a vision for it to come back in a new location in the center of the city's leather and LGBTQ cultural district. The Stud on 9th Street closed back in 2020 during the pandemic, now owned by a collective of 15 former employees and supporters looking to reopen the club historically an institution for the community drag performances karaoke and even political events over the years have been held here Stephen best and his partner used to attend events at the stud
2: i went to a furries party at the stud accidentally i might have i I might have have been djing at that if it was a frolic event it could i could have been the dj or one of the djs
13: sad about the old studs sort of disappearing was that like the kind of uh, landscape of places to go in the city was that much smaller.
12: A goal of raising a half million dollars is underway for renovating the space that's been a pop-up theme lounge over the years. The two adjacent buildings here at 7th and Folsom Street will create a larger venue.
13: I still think like gay people need places to meet um, to see that there are other gay people.
12: Folks we spoke to in the Castro were excited to hear about the plan to reopen the Stud, a venue that always welcomed everyone.
3: The Stud was a really good environment, such a great atmosphere.
12: Everyone, is women, even my you know, straight friends, everyone enjoyed going there. and It was a really good atmosphere. Since the pandemic, with so many places closing, Gilliam says it's a great sign of recovery for the city and the community.
3: I love it. It's just fun for people to go out. As you know, like a lot of people want to go out again and that's where, you
12: know, it's like celebrate like life and just go and do something fun. She says the stud has always been historic and inclusive. They welcome everyone.
3: Yeah, and they don't just say, okay, specifically this. No, everyone. And I feel like more and more people feel comfortable just going, even if there's going to be other people that are there, whether it be men, women, whatever. It's just nice to feel safe where the people who are working there are making you feel safe.
12: Community leaders and city leaders are excited about the possible reopening of the stud right here on Folsom Street, the heart of the city's LGBTQ and leather community. In San Francisco, Alice Wurtz KTVU, Fox 2 News
2: Yep, that's fantastic And everybody kind of keep your ears to the ground Uh, DJ Star Noir And uh, Oh, another another queer DJ whose name I forget, we're doing a big raid train event On uh, Twitch coming soon It looks like it's actually going to be sponsored Or endorsed by The group that is putting the stud Back together, so they'll be helping us Mm. market it It'll probably be at least uh, 12 hours, possibly all weekend long, and we'll be raising money. I'm trying to raise money for the stud. I will certainly Yay. be uh, DJing, but also we'll be doing some other, we're trying to do some uh, more interesting things than just uh, DJs. If we can set it up, we maybe want to have some of the some of the people involved in it uh, jump on like group calls to kind of talk about what their plans are. Maybe if we can even get some live video from inside of the venue piped through as, as we, we take Ooh. a look at it. Um, We have have big plans probably a month out and we're looking, we're really looking forward to that. I like working with star on other things on things. And we're looking for uh, if you're from the area and you're an entertainer of any kind, or you're a streamer um, as long as you're like, you know, we can't just throw an episode of down ballot in the middle of it. Although maybe we could, if we did a down ballot where we kind of talked about the stud, but totally, but, but you know, we're, we're going to star and I are going to kind of spearhead it and, First, we thought like a DJ event, but then like the more I thought about it, the more I thought that like, because of the stud and what it represents, it's, it isn't just a music venue and that we should probably try to incorporate more things that the stud has represented for the city of San Francisco, the Bay Area, and to some extent, like the queer community across the nation, the entire time that it's, it's been around. So kind of keep your ear to the ground. And if any of you have any, any ideas or can help out with the event, uh, either hit me or uh star up, whoever you're more comfortable uh, speaking with. And um, yeah, seems like it's a, uh, it's going to be a great, uh great event for us. And I, I really hope we like make some kind of impact on that. I know they're asking for half a mill, so I don't think we're going to raise that, that entire half a mill, but what if we got 10% of that shit for them? Like we can try, we can Damn try it. and with, with enough time to promote it and with, with the people working on the, on the venue like on board, or at least, at least providing lip service saying that they're like endorsing our event. I think we'll be able to get a pretty big audience and hopefully maybe even bring some new people to Twitch, which would yeah, be yeah. great. And that's the other thing I'm going to do. Fabulous. I'm going re- to reach out to Twitch too and see if I can get them. If I can get them to sponsor the event
1: and they're going to be like, your channel is crazy. Don't email us anymore. <laughs> Please stop contacting us. Here are some more books. Please stop writing letters. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see, and maybe um, maybe not tonight, but uh, sometime
2: soon, maybe during a day or whatever. If people want to like spend some t- more time talking about it in chat, I'd be I'd be open to that. Maybe we'll have Star on for a day and see if we can get any other organizers together. Maybe do a bit of a panel Word. and have like a little. Maybe have the planning be a little more open so that people kind of see what we're up to and like what our ideas are and whatnot. But uh, it's nice to end on nice to end on two good stories one from san jose and one sure. from san francisco it's pretty off brand for us but like you know sometimes you just got to shake things up a little bit
1: yeah you know sometimes you got to be happy i suppose
2: yep well, if you feel like uh reading the show out
1: all righty well thanks everyone as always for joining us we're back on our n- uh, normal past used to be day tuesday we'll see you next tuesday um, at 7 30 p.m pacific stay tuned for public comment as always with producer dave with the red light on and you know we encourage you to get vaxxed to wear a mask but if you don't want to wear pants that's entirely up to you uh, up next is audible smoke for your eardrums uh, and we'll see you next week peace <laughs>
15: To Get the party started. Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar. And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are. Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet. It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink. I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens. Here at the front of the stage, waiting for MTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me with a pipe in his hand, ready to blaze for me? About five minutes later, we're all singing, queen. I the fuck up on stage. It's been like the scene, yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the bang We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and Enjoy the bang Enjoy that bang I turn and head back the bar, we man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car to smoke another one, and another one. Whoa. Now just when the magic starts kicking in, now you we left playing. And you know it's time to head in. All right, everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink. Spark it if you got it, and then pass it to me. Yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is the jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want What we want to do and what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the pain Enjoy that pain Last up on the bill for the show tonight It's down and dirty at five so we're headed outside Just fuck up another joint now who's got my light A stoner E of course shouldn't you be inside I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy don't think logically, the E. Take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now, inside motherfuckers is rockin' me. And outside, shit, we smoke a lot of broccoli. Rockin' the rollin', all the sexy groovy me, Ain't too drunk to fuck, but don't probably do it sloppily. We do what we want, what we wanna do. And what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Dance band and enjoy the band. Yeah. We do what we want. What we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bob Marley said he like jamming and he hoped we liked jamming too. Well, I gotta say, think about We do. Yes, I gotta say, thank you, Bob. We do. Well, Bob Marley said that he like jamming and he hoped we liked jamming too. Well, I gotta say, thank you, Bobby We do. Yes, I gotta say, thank you, Bob. We do. back and enjoy the the rain, enjoy the rain, we do what we want, want. and And what we want is the jam, jam. so simple.
0: Saturday is Catterday on ecoplex media and not only are we posting fucking cats we invite all content creators to join our open panel visit ecoplexmedia.com panel to learn how to join every third Saturday is operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that now space has learned to loathe the show starts at 8 p.m pacific at twitch.tv slash ecoplexmedia find our full schedule at ecoplexmedia.com